Hey, Melissa, can you believe it's been a year since we put out our first podcast episode? (laughs) No, absolutely not. That went fast. I'm not sure if that's because of the countless hours it took to put each episode together or the immense joy it brought to us. Well, you know what they say. Yep. Time flies when when you're you're having having fun. This is all things together. together. I'm Troy. And I'm Melissa. And we're both Lambers. (laughs) That works. (laughs) And we are excited. Yes, we are celebrating one year of producing podcasts for you. And once again, we put together a special Christmas episode. Cue the Christmas music. And like any good Christmas episode, we've got some friends stopping by and we have a really special new friend, don't we, Melissa? Yes. On today's show, we're going to meet up with one of our modern heroes of faith. That's right. We had a wonderful time talking with Johnny Erickson Tata about her favorite Christmas carols, and she even convinced us to sing a little. And we would go up and down the road and uh, stop our horses in front of various farmhouses, and we would sing Christmas carols. And after that, we're going to hear some music and share the incredible story of quite possibly the most famous musical composition of all time and how God has used this oratorio for nearly 300 years all around the world. <laughs> Sir, are you okay? It was as if I saw heaven and the great God himself. A short clip from our brand new As Told by Littles podcast theater about Handel's Messiah. Yes, and we can't wait to share that with you. But first, if you enjoy our podcast, can you do us a favor and tell your friends, family, co-workers, church members, pastors, anyone who will listen about our podcast? And if you have enjoyed all of our content that we've put out, our films, our podcast, the podcast theater, the educational materials, we just want to remind you that Five Solas Media is a nonprofit organization, which means you can show your support by making a financial gift. And if you do that by December 31st, you can get a tax write-off for this year. So if God has blessed you with what we do and you are able to give, go to our website, fivesoulismedia.com fivesoulismedia.com <laughs> click on the give button on the top right and make a gift today and just one more thing we want to thank everyone don't we melissa yes we do everyone so many people hundreds and hundreds perhaps thousands of people all across the world who have reached out to us and shared words of encouragement Uh, Some of you locally have lent, actually more than locally. All around the country. All around the country now have lent their kids to be voices on our podcast theater. In fact, if you got a decent microphone, let us know. We'd love to include your kids. We just want to thank everybody, even those who met up with us on our big epic road trip back in September when we got coffee and meals with different people. It has been an absolute blessing for all of you to encourage us. And thanks to all of you who have bought our DVDs, CDs, T-shirts, stickers, and educational products. You all are a big part of All Things Together and Five Souls Media. Thank you so much for your prayers and your kind words. Okay, Melissa, I can feel the kids are getting a little antsy and thinking enough with this mushy stuff. (laughs) Now, before we get to Johnny, we asked some kids from our church what their favorite Christmas carol is and why. Cecily, what's your favorite Christmas song? God rest ye merry gentlemen. Oh, 
how does that go? God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. What is that song about? It's about God making peace in the world, I think. We've got two brothers here, Oliver and Emmett. You like Joy to the World? How does it go? <laughs> that, that is the slow version of it. That's very good. Emmett, what do you like about that song? What's that song about? Uh, the joy of the world. And why does the world have joy? Because the Lord was Lord. Very good. And who is the Lord? Jesus, who died on the cross for us. Jace, can I ask you what your favorite Christmas song is? Oh, come, come, Emmanuel. How does that go? Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. <laughs> That's about how I sing it, too. Jace, what is that song about? About Jesus, that he's coming, that he saved us, and he died on the cross for us. Jojo, here's Jojo here. What's your favorite Christmas song? Joy to the world. It's, it, we sing that at home, too. Oh, that's awesome. How does it go? Can you sing a little bit? Joy to the world, the newborn king. Yeah. Why are we so happy that Jesus was born? Because he died on the cross and take away our sins. Very good. Very good. This is Mia. What is one of your favorite Christmas songs? Um, I like Jingle Bell Rock a lot and Silent Night. What do you like about Jingle Bell Rock? Uh, it's just like... You get to rock to it, you know? Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing and jingle bell sing. You know, stuff like that. Josiah, what is your favorite Christmas song? I would say Joy to the World, probably. How's that go? Joy to the world. Da, da. <laughs> See, I messed up. The Lord has come? Yeah, the Lord has come. My earth. Yeah. When you think about Christmas and all these songs we sing about Jesus, why do we sing so many songs about him this time of year? Probably because he's our Savior, and he's the one that came to save us, and that's very important. Jane, what is one of your favorite Christmas songs? Um, either What Child Is This or The First Noel. Okay, can you sing the first line to one of those? The first Noel, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay. Very good, very good. So what is that song all about? Um, Baby Jesus and how he was born to save the world. Lucas, what is one of your favorite Christmas songs? I don't know. Oh, come on. You got a favorite, right? Jingle Bells. How does it go? Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. That one. <laughs> I like that song too. Wait, this is Esme here. What, what song do you like? I don't know. I like Go Tell It on the Mountain. What is Go Tell It on the Mountain about? What are they telling on the mountain? <laughs> that the um, Jesus Christ is born. Okay, Mia. What is it about Silent Night that you like? Um, it's just a pretty song. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Very good. What's that song about? Just Jesus came to, into the world as a baby to uh, suffer for our sins. Can you do on a count of three, all of you say Merry Christmas? One, two, three. It was so fun to chat with the kids at a homeschool Christmas market that we put together at the beginning of the season. Thanks, kids. This is the All Things Together podcast, and when we met up with Johnny Erickson Tata over Zoom, we were in our living room with the Christmas tree behind us, our family five sitting around two microphones, and now and then a couple of cats showed up, including our youngest. She's a little orange tabby. And what's her name, Melissa? And with an E. <laughs> I call her Anne Girl. I think anybody who has read Anne of Green Gables will get that. Yeah. 
This is Anne, Anne Shirley of Green okay, Gables. Okay, Anne Shirley. <laughs> Come on up, Anne Shirley. Owen, oh, bring her closer if you would. Let's see that little cat. This is our, our youngest Ooh, one. Look at the, oh, <laughs> look at that cat. I love it. Oh, look at his beautiful irises. Oh, yeah. Isn't he beautiful? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Anne Shirley is perfect with that red hair. <laughs> well, Johnny, can you share with us one of your favorite Christmas memories from your childhood? Well, when I was a little girl, uh, I grew up on a farm and um, I had a pony and my sisters had ponies. And of course, we took care of the horses and the cows and the chickens and all the other things that you have on a farm. And um, at Christmas time, we would saddle up our horses. And because it was pretty cold back east, it mm. was winter time. Um, my daddy would fill up some hot water bottles. Uh, any of you know what a hot water bottle is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, he put them under our. He put them in our uh, in our coats, and we climb on our ponies, and we would go up and down the road and uh, stop our horses in front of various farmhouses, and we would sing. Christmas carols. Oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds fun. And like, I cannot believe I did that. Did I actually do that? I actually went Christmas caroling in the snow on horseback, freezing my toes and my fingers. But it was a memory that I'll cherish forever. I'd be very interested to hear from you, Maddie. What Do you have any favorite Christmas memories? Let me think. Um, well... My cousins moved away a few years ago, so every Christmas with them was really fun. We would always go to my Nana's house in the morning. She lives like a minute away from us and do gifts with our family there and just spend time with them. So I really like those memories. Did you ever sing with your Nana, like Christmas carols? Our Nana's church had Christmas Eve services, so we'd sing there. Now, was it dark at this Christmas Eve service? Did you have candles? Yeah, we would. Yeah, it was wonderful. Oh, I love that. I love holding the candle. Well, my hand, my fingers do not hold a candle, kids. My, did your dad and mom tell you that I broke my neck and I'm in this wheelchair? Did you tell much? Tell much about that? They have seen your movie. Yes. Oh, okay. So they know all about it. So we, it. A movie that we watched when we were little, and we so a couple of years ago we sat down with them and watched it as well. They have seen it twice. Okay. You know what? There's too many boyfriends in that movie. Way too, way too many boyfriends. But in the movie, I sang, and that was really me singing. And, uh, oh, I used to love Christmas Eve services also, Maddie. I really did. Um, just holding the candles and seeing the glow of light and seeing Silent Night. And I think that's one of my favorite Christmas carols, Silent Night. Yeah. Mm. What is it about Silent Night uh, for you, Johnny, that's uh, so special? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, I I think I love this particular hymn because, as I shared with the kids earlier, uh, when I was a little girl, I was raised in a Reformed Episcopal church, um, very conservative, very evangelical, but lots of liturgy and lots of formality. And uh, Christmas Eve services, just like Madeline uh, visiting her nana, I I would sit there in the pew at 11 o'clock at night. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe mom and dad let me stay up that, light, <laughs> that late, but it was Christmas Eve. And um, I'd be sitting there with my coat on and, and with my gloves on, and they passed the candles up and down the pew. And we would all light our candles, and we'd sing, Silent Night, 
holy night. And I felt like all was calm. And in that little church, all was bright with the glow of so many candles. And it just gave me a strong sense of the peace of the Lord Jesus. Uh, the same kind of peace that the angels announced in the sky over the uh, manger in Bethlehem. Um, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And that kind of peace was a very important kind. It just wasn't a feeling. It was like, okay, the war between God and man is over. Mm. And Jesus is the peace treaty. Amen. And one day he's going to sign that peace treaty in his own blood. And even as a little girl, I knew there was something big and mysterious and wonderful that was um, just something I wanted to hold into my heart and, and keep all the rest of the year the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think Silent Night conveys that sense, that warmth, that emotion of Jesus Christ, our wonderful peace tree with God. He's got no more anger left for us, mm -hmm. only forgiveness and mercy. Mm -hmm. And I just love that about the Lord. Oh, man, so true. Because, what, yeah, when you think of the good news that comes at Easter, or sorry, at Christmas, uh, we're reminded of what, what Christ then dealt with at Easter, the wrath of God had to be poured out on somebody. Should have been us, mm -hmm. uh, but Christ came with a real purpose. It's it's unbelievable, right? Yep, he came to die, didn't he? That little baby. It's a whole package, a gift, a present. <laughs> like Melissa said, it's the whole package: the cradle and the cross. Can't enjoy Christmas without thinking about the cross and uh, how this child was born to rescue us out of our sin, out mm -hmm. of our slavery. Mm. Mm -hmm. So true. Now, um, do you remember a time where Christmas changed things for you when you truly got to know who Christ was? Well, I was 14 years old. Let's see, that's Madeline's age, right? You're 14, yeah. Madeline, is that right? Mm -hmm. You're 14 years old. And uh, I had gone to Young Life, a Young Life club, and Young Life is kind of like a evangelical outreach to high school kids. Um, and although I had been churched and had been raised in the Reformed Episcopal Church, and I'd heard the gospel. I don't know, for some reason, I just didn't embrace it into my heart as something personal until uh, I was 14 years old. And that's when I laid down all my pride, stiff neck, stubborn rebelliousness. I packed it up and I laid it at the foot of the cross. And I said, Jesus, I relinquish my rights. I don't have a right to anything because you have purchased me with your blood. I am not my own. I am bought by you. And so I want to live for you. Mm. And I think 14 years old is when that became um, kind of a, I don't know, transitional time in my life at Christmas, especially. Mm. So when you were singing those hymns like Silent Night, did you uh, know them even more in your heart at that point? Oh, yes. Like, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I want everybody listening to this podcast to sing along. <laughs> Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory. 
it worked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know that everybody was listening, uh, who were listening to us on the podcast were singing along. Last year, Ken and I um, were doing a little shopping at the town center, uh, not far from where we live, Calabasas Commons, it's called. And as we were uh, wheeling along, I'm wheeling in my wheelchair and Ken is walking, we hear, um, we hear that faint sound of god rest ye merry mm. gentlemen let nothing you dismay and i'm thinking where where's the sound coming from and i realized it was from the rocks oh wow you know how you know how uh, at shopping centers or wherever outdoor malls um kids maybe you've heard this you're you're just walking along an outdoor mall and there's music playing and you look down where's it coming from and it's behind the head yeah. and the rock has little holes in it what a clever way to hide speakers, yes. right? Well, I'm thinking uh, when it gets to that second verse, who saved us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. I'm thinking, oh, these people, mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. shoppers scurrying here and there, they have no idea, no idea what the rocks are singing. Mm -hmm. um, that Christ came to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Right there is the gospel. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm reminded that, what was it in the New Testament where uh, Jesus says, if these children can't praise me, then then the very rocks will cry mm. out. That's so true. And that, that night the rocks were crying <laughs> out. So why should the rocks have all the fun? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think we should sing uh, those carols out loud along wow. as we're walking during the day. And that's just, um, if people... Turn and kind of look and just say, Merry Christmas, sir. Mm -hmm. it, it is such an interesting time of year. We we have a tradition in our neighborhood where we get friends from church. Our next door neighbors are Christians. And so we'll often go door to door singing Christmas carols. And I think this is the one time of year where nobody's throwing rocks at us when we go around sharing the gospel. Right. But it's just set to a tune. It's, it's what an amazing time it is. And we give them a little gospel track and some cookies and or candy canes, and uh, they're happy to see us and happy for us to sing them the gospel. So, <laughs> And we, when we bump into the middle of the year, they're like, oh, you're the ones that come and sing us those songs. That's, nobody ever does that. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, that's a wonderful Lambert family tradition, and I hope that some of our listeners to the podcast start that as a tradition as well. What a cool thing to do. Yeah. What Do you have any other ideas or suggestions of how, you know, this time of year to share the gospel with not only the kids in our lives, but, you know, our neighbors, our families who don't know Christ yet? Well, this Sunday, I'm having a Christmas cookie exchange <laughs> um, for some of my girlfriends, and everybody is supposed to bake a couple of dozen Christmas cookies and we'll exchange them. But with that many cookies and that many girls coming, <laughs> there are always lots of cookies left over. And so what we like to do is wrap them up real nice and pretty. And the next day we go around the neighborhood again with a gospel track. Uh, I've had my story about how I broke my mm. neck and uh, opened up my heart to Jesus Christ as a result of the um the um the accident and it's just a little story that shares the gospel and so we'll go around the neighborhood and we'll share these christmas cookies with a gospel track so you all share the gospel by singing i sh share the gospel by giving uh, nicely wrapped christmas cookies home baked fresh baked and maybe those are a couple of good ideas for our listeners to try this christmas absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely 
What is another one of your favorite Christmas hymns and why is it important to you? Oh, well, um, again, I was raised in a Reformed Episcopal Church and we always celebrated the season of Advent. So usually the last Sunday in November would be the first Sunday in Advent. And I always loved that Christmas hymn. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. And I know it sounds kind of mournful, mm. but actually that's what the first Sunday in Advent kind of focuses on. We are to recognize our sin. We are to acknowledge that we are in desperate need of a Savior. And here we are languishing, waiting. When will our rescuer, when will our Savior come? That's what the words are all about. When will you come, God, and, and save us out of our, our miserable state, our sinful state? And of course, with each successive Sunday in Advent, the songs get brighter mm -hmm. and happier. And then on Christmas Day, we celebrate that the Savior has mm. come. God has come to rescue us. So I really like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, because I think it it's good to sing it early in the Christmas season, mm -hmm. like maybe late November, uh, first part of December, because it sets the tone for how all of us ought to approach Christmas mm. with an awareness of our own mortality and our, our own depravity, and also an awareness of our urgent need of a savior from heaven who will rescue us, who can rescue us. And oh, I can't wait for that glorious day. Did you know that the Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, is really a hymn about the mm. second coming, mm -hmm. the second advent. And I love that. Joy to the world, the Lord, the Lord is, come. is come. And I wonder if we're going to sing that when Jesus returns mighty and powerful in the clouds. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Of course, it'll be a joyful day for us who know mm -hmm. him. Not a very joyful day for those who don't. Oh. So we've got to get about the business of giving the good news to our friends and neighbors so that they won't miss out on the party. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah, as you were talking, that from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, to Joy to the World, we capture that already but not yet experience as a Christian, don't we? Yes, yes. And I'm at the age now, um, I am in my 70s. I'll be 75 next year. I can't believe I'm that old. How did I get that old? <laughs> the Lord's grace, huh? <laughs> he really is. And I am closer to getting my new glorified body. There are fewer years between now and then, as opposed to the years between now and way back when, when I had my body and I broke my wow. neck. That was what, 56 years ago? Wow. Amazing. Time ago. So I'm just a few years away from getting that new glorified body, and I can't wait for that day, which makes the Christmas season such a wonderful, a prime opportunity to give the good news, to tell people why we're celebrating, why we're so excited. Amen. Yes. W would you mind just even as we start wrapping up here, you know, there's some young kids listening now who just heard something that you say. You said, Johnny, with joy, not the lament of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, but with the joy to the world uh, celebration tone that you're, you've, you feel it at some point. You're closer to being with the Lord than you were when you first had your accident there. Um, 
a young kid listening to that might go, well, wait, why is she excited to die? That doesn't make any sense. How, how would you minister to a little one who's listening right now? Well, this world that you know, I'm talking to all the young people listening, this world that you know is not the only world that there mm. is. There's a bigger, brighter, more beautiful, more exciting world yet to come. Because no matter what age you are, you will agree that there's a lot of sadness in this mm -hmm. life. There's a lot of bad news. There's a lot of division and anger and bickering and biting and, and backstabbing. And, and just it's, it's a very sad world because sin uh, rules the day in our world. And that's why we need Jesus Christ. People who do not know Jesus have a dark heart. There's no better way to put it, just a dark heart. The Bible even calls it a heart of stone. Mm. But I guess another way of saying it's just a dark heart, heart, a black as stone. But Christ says that he'll come and give you a new heart, a bright heart, a light mm. heart, a heart made of flesh, a heart that feels, that loves, that can laugh. And that can see God in absolutely everything. So what it means is that this Christmas, uh, what I would love for you to do is to bundle up your pride, your stiff-necked, stubborn way of wanting things your hmm. way, you know, an itchiness to get things my way. Just wrap it all up in a bundle and put it at the feet of Jesus Christ hmm. and say, Jesus, I give you all my sin, all the bad things that I don't like about myself. And I'm going to ask you to please sit now on the throne of my heart. I want you to be the ruler, the king of my life. And I promise I'm going to obey you with your help. And I will have a home in heaven because I've embraced you as my Lord and my Savior. And right there is why I am so excited about um, going to heaven, because I prayed that prayer once when I was young. And now I have only joy to look forward to. Uh, for eternity to come. And there's no chance of me getting to meet all you people right now in this life. I don't have long for this life, but we certainly will meet in heaven. And I haven't used my hands or my legs in oh, more than half a century. So I'm going to jump up, dance, kick, do aerobics. <laughs> I'm going to have such fun. And uh, I hope you'll join me. So mm. don't miss out on the party. Make certain this Christmas you can claim Christ as your Savior. Amen. 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 That's fantastic. Well, can we can we close by singing joy to the world together? Yep. And I'm going to let you lead because if I try and chip in, I'll throw you all off. All right. You start. All right. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven heaven and nature sing all right <laughs> well johnny thank you so much for blessing us uh, on this uh, all things together podcast we really appreciate you oh absolutely it was what a joy to be with you and what a joy to celebrate yes thank you the God of the universe who took on baby flesh and was born in the back of a motel with a blinking no vacancy sign <laughs> in an animal shed in a parking lot. Wow. Isn't that incredible? incredible. 
That's just pretty much what it was. The king humbled in a manger. That really is. It puts it in a good perspective. Well, kids, you want to say goodbye to Johnny? Goodbye, Jackson. Bye. Bye. Bye, Owen. Bye. Bye, Maddie. Bye. Well, Troy, what a delight to be with you. And of course, with all our friends listening, I, I just wish everyone a very, very merry, a happy Christmas. It's merry because of, of all that Christ has done for mm-hmm. us. Isn't he a wonderful Savior? Amen. Amen. He is indeed. Well, God bless you. God bless. Thank you. Bye. 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 This is the All Things Together podcast, and we are so thankful for the time that we got to spend with Johnny Erickson Tata, a true Christmas treat for our entire family. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, it was such a pleasure to speak with Johnny. I still get nervous on interviews, and she made me feel right at home. In fact, she made me feel as though she was in our living room singing Christmas carols right there with us. And in some ways she was, uh, even though it was on Zoom. Yes. <laughs> in the interview, you heard Johnny mention her accident. And for the kids here who may not know her entire story, that happened when she was an older teenager swimming with a, some of her family members. She dove into a little bay area, hit her head on a rock, and she became paralyzed from the neck down. But through this great trial, the Lord really drew her closer to him. And I've even heard her say that she would never trade a day where she could walk again if that meant she couldn't have the closeness that she has with Jesus now. Mm-hmm. She's such a great example of what faith looks like on a day-to-day basis. And I'm thankful for her example. We mentioned that movie. It was made by Billy Graham's Worldwide Pictures back in the late 70s, early 80s. And it's unbelievable because it actually stars Johnny as herself. And she did a, a tremendous job. And it would be worth the kids watching, whether they're young or old, to see how the Lord ministered to her through that great trial. Now, all that singing with Johnny reminds me of an amazing experience we had when we went to see Handel's Messiah performed at a church in Pasadena, California. Yeah, this is one of the big churches there, pretty famous church, and they had a massive pipe organ and a big chorale there of singers. It was amazing. And this was the first time that we saw it live, and actually the only time so far, and it was absolutely breathtaking. The scripture and the music and the story of the gospel all combined to just produce affections for the Lord and, yes, even tears in her eyes. And it has had that effect on listeners for now well over 280 years. That's right. And I'm not an emotional kind of person, but standing there listening to the gospel, being sung in such a way, sent chills up my spine and put tears in my eyes. When the gospel is presented in that way, it can really have an effect on you. Now, the person who wrote Messiah, his name is George Friedrich Handel, and he was born in Germany, actually the same year that Bach was born, even though they never met each other. And he wrote a lot of Italian oratorios, and he was very, very famous. Some people have compared him to like a rock star of his day. In fact, they even erected statues while he was still alive for him after he had moved to London. Uh, And that's really where he gained a lot of his notoriety was in London. He had a lot of fans. And so Charles Jennings, who I'm going to say most of you probably have not heard his name, was the man who wrote the words to Messiah. 
So he pulled together scriptures from the Old and New Testaments, showing the prophecy of the coming of and our need for a Messiah. It covers all of Jesus's life from his birth to his death and resurrection, and it actually looks forward to his return. And that's what the Hallelujah Chorus is all about. Hallelujah. We're going to hear that in just a second. Mm -hmm. And so both Handel and Jennings had a big part to play in what we're going to learn about here, the oratorio, the music production called Messiah. And even though it is now typically performed at Christmas time, it was originally written for Easter. Well, I bet you're ready to hear more about Handel's Messiah. So without further ado, Five Solas Media presents As Told by Little's Podcast Theater The Making of Handel's Messiah. <sighs> What's wrong, Charles? Look at that. There's another one of those godless books influenced by the so-called enlightenment. Why is this so popular to leave God out of life? Our world seems to be falling apart. Yeah, deism, right? I've seen it all over my socials. Yes, but believing in a supreme being that doesn't have anything to do with his creation is not God. None of this is from scripture. In fact, the Bible teaches us about Emmanuel, God with us. If people throw out God, they throw out truth. This is Christmas, and without God, there's no Christ. And without Christ, there's no Christmas. How are people celebrating if they don't believe in Emmanuel? I wish there was a way. Ah, wow, it's really starting to snow. Let's duck into this pub. time ago in a country far, far away, there was a city named London. It's pretty popular. Perhaps you've heard of it? Now, in the middle of the 18th century, London had become a dark place with high crime and blatant immorality. Not only were the false teachings of deism spreading, but many were questioning the truth of the Bible. The result of not believing what scripture says about God and man had deep consequences. But God was on the move, and at the darkest moment, the Great Awakening was breaking out all over, from England to the American colonies, led by preachers like George Whitfield, the Wesley Brothers, and Jonathan Edwards. And though you might not know Charles Jinnan's name, his desire to share the gospel of his lost neighbors in England would be used by God in a mighty way. What can I get you, blokes? A pint or two? If it's a pint of apple juice, we'll take it. Juice, juice? What are you two, schoolboys? <laughs> what a shame. Must society depend so much on alcohol? I think the pile of drunkards outside this pub have had enough pints for the entire city of London. <sighs> You're right, Charles. Society's gotten so bad. Drunkenness, people breaking store windows and stealing everything inside, gambling encouraged by the government, homeless by the freeways. Yes, I just saw the little shop on the corner was robbed in broad daylight and people just stood around and watched and recorded it. Oh, my heart aches. What can we do? Fewer and fewer are going to church. And if they do, so many of the sermons are dry and lacking the true passion of the gospel. I saw that video on my socials. No one stopped the thieves. My heart aches along with yours. But what can we do? How can we reach these people? Scripture, James, 
Prayer and scripture have always been the way and the means that God uses to save us. <gasps> I have an idea. What if I write a libretto? A libretto? A libretto. You know, the words for a long music piece? The words would be straight out of scripture, proclaiming the story of redemption about the Messiah, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Well, that is an idea, all right. But why music? It's the most popular medium today. Music halls and theaters are full, even as church attendance is down. I see. Well, you've already written with George Friedrich Handel. You could work with him again, but... But what? All the tabloids are saying he's washed up. Yesterday's soup du jour, a day old donut. Mmm, donuts. But now that you say it, I think he's the guy. I think there's still something left in him. Though, I suspect he may not want to do another Bible thing right away. But you know what? I'm still going to try. This could be a powerful way to share the gospel far and wide. So with the hope that Handel would once again work with him, Charles Jennings cracked open his Bible and started digging out the story of the Messiah with the hopes that George Friedrich Handel would apply his musical genius to his libretto. Meanwhile, Handel's work was not as popular as it once was, leaving him in need of money and feeling a bit down. Here's your English breakfast, sir. Aw, oh, thank you, Peter. I'm curious, why do you English always call it English breakfast? Well, what do Germans call it? Frühstück. Bless you. Did you sneeze? I'm sorry, old chap. I didn't sneeze. Frühstück is how we say breakfast in German. Oh, uh, <laughs> those German words always sound so grand. But I think I'll just stick with English breakfast. And please, don't give me the newspapers in the morning. I can't take any more bad reviews. Sure thing, sir. From what I heard, your so-called farewell concert went very well last night. I don't understand why they don't hear your talent. I appreciate your kindness, Peter, but it seems that my style of music is no longer trending on Spotify and the likes. I'll get that. Hello. Good morning, sir. I'm here to see Mr. Handel. Top of the morning to you, Mr. Jennings. This way, please. Charles Jennings, sir. Ah, uh, guten Tag, Charles. Bless you. Did you sneeze? No, I didn't sneeze. That's German for good day. Oh, okay. Good day to you as well. <clears throat> so, I'm actually here because I have something for you that I was hoping you could use. Oh, really? Yes, it's a new libretto I wrote. <sighs> hmm. Thank you. What's it about? It's called Messiah, and it's all about the story of redemption, from God's promise to send the Messiah who would rescue us from our sins to the arrival of Jesus and his death and his resurrection. It even looks forward to Christ's second coming. <sighs> oh, I'm so sorry, George. I just get so excited just thinking about it. Yes, I noticed. Look, I know you're not doing much these days, and maybe your fans might like something more trendy, but I believe your genius applied to these words could be a masterpiece. Plus, it would be a mighty way to proclaim the good news to so many who need to hear it. Well, I do appreciate it, Charles. I guess I'll take a look at it. Thanks for stopping by. You're welcome. Guten Tag. You mean... Guten Tag. <laughs> Good day, sir. Good day.
Peter, would you please put this in my office? Maybe I'll save it for a rainy day. Yes, sir. But you know, it always rains in London. (laughs) (laughs) Handel put Charles Jinnan's work literally on his shelf. He thought his career was over and had no motivation for something so massive as Messiah. But a short time later, inspiration arrived. A charity in Dublin, Ireland hired him to do a series of concerts for the winter of 1741 and into the next spring. So, with the words already written, Handel dusted off Charles Jennings' libretto and began to work on Messiah on August 22nd. Though he'd hoped to finish it before he left for Ireland later that year, things went faster than anyone could expect, including Handel. Sir, you haven't eaten your English breakfast. I mean, it's full this time. Beans, tomatoes, and pudding and all. Oh, there is no time to eat, Peter. I must work. I'm on a roll. I can't stop now. Well, at least eat your toast and jam. Okay, if I must. I'll take one bite if you leave me be after. I must finish this music for Jenin's libretto. Crackin' toast, Peter. So Handel wrote and wrote. He didn't leave his room for weeks. He was steeped in the words Jinnins arranged as he tried to weave each piece of scripture into the perfect notes, sometimes changing the arrangement and order of Jinnins' words to fit the music. No, no, that's not it. Oh Lord, help me get this right. And he shall reign forever and ever. Ha-ha! That's good. Nine, nine, nine. That's not it. Why are you standing outside Handel's door? I just want to make sure he's okay. He's been in there day and night for three weeks now. Barely eating. Not even his toast and jam? Not even his toast and jam. I tried, John. And he shall reign forever and ever. Aha! That's it! (laughs) Oh my! Do you think he's okay? (laughs) Sir, are you okay? It was as if I saw heaven and the great God himself. So are you finished? Yes. Yes, I am. I should not make any more changes. It's exactly what it should be. Well, you know what they say. What do they say? If it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. (laughs) (laughs) In a manner of just 24 days, Handel wrote the music of Messiah. With nearly 300 pages of music and words, it was an incredible feat of skill. The musical masterpiece debuted in a theater in Dublin in April of 1742 during Easter. Though it received good reviews, the composition wasn't an instant hit. Some thought the sacred subject of Jesus should only be performed in churches, but the whole point of the Messiah was to reach unbelievers where they were. Thankfully, as it began to be performed in theaters around Great Britain, it grew in popularity, and the Great Awakening continued to see thousands upon thousands embrace the Messiah the Oratorio proclaimed. George! Hey, George, over here! I wanted to catch you before the crowds did. Hello, Charles. Good to see you, old friend. What a splendid performance. Thank you. You had something to do with that. 
Of course, it took me a little bit to get used to the words that were not where I put them. I had hoped you would lay out your whole genius and skill upon it, so the composition would excel all your former compositions, as the subject excels every other subject. Congratulations! You did it! Praise be to God! Yes, thank you. It was an intense work. But indeed, praise is due to God alone. And I heard this masterpiece would help many orphans. Yes, I've been low before, so I know this need. Jesus said that if you helped the least of these, you've helped me. Well, I heard the hospital wants to make you hospital governor. Nah, I wouldn't take that position. I just want to be charitable in my own way for God's glory. Using musical performance to benefit the needy is a good way to do it. Ah, to see the gospel go forth like this makes me to shout or sing, Hallelujah! 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 <laughs> Handel eventually gave his masterpiece to the Foundling Hospital in London. This children's home was blessed by a yearly performance of Messiah that raised a large amount of money to help needy children. Some estimate that Handel's actions helped save the lives of over 25,000 kids. Since 1742, Messiah has been sung all over the world. God used George Handel's unique musical talent and Charles Jennon's zeal for the lost to boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus the Messiah. Little did they know how far and wide their efforts would be used. Another famous composer who lived during Handel's day, Johann Sebastian Bach said, Handel is the only person I would wish to see before I die, and the only person I would wish to be were I not Bach. The two never met, but Bach, the musician who signed his work with SDG for Soli Deo Gloria, Latin for Glory to God Alone, recognized the talent of the very famous man of his time, Handel. By the way, Handel signed Messiah with SDG as well. There is no other musical composition like Messiah, and we are forever thankful for how the Lord has used this masterpiece for His glory. This is the All Things Together podcast, and that was a very special Christmas as told by Little's podcast theater production of The Making of Handel's Messiah. Thank you so much to the children who played the voices. We have Owen as Charles Jennings, Esme as James Harris, Charles's friend, Micah as the waiter, and John, one of Handel's servants, Aria as George Friedrich Handel, Gideon as Peter, Handel's butler, Jackson as Bach, and Madeline returns as our narrator. And we want to thank all of the kids. They did a fantastic job, especially a family who came in at the last minute there and helped us out. We're so thankful for them. And be sure to check out our big Christmas giveaway. Johnny was so kind to share a few of her Hymns for Kids books for us to give away. And not only are we giving away Johnny's books, but one winner will also be getting our John Knox DVD that has all four of our As Told by Littles films on it, our As Told by Littles podcast theater CD that has our first six podcast theater episodes on it, some Five Solas stickers, and a Five Solas shirts. Melissa, that's a huge giveaway. Yes, it's huge, so don't miss out. See our social media posts about this podcast to see how you can enter. 
Thanks for joining us here on the All Things Together podcast. I'm Troy Lamberth. And I'm Melissa Lamberth. Thank you so much for listening. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. And a happy, happy new year. <laughs> this has been a production of Five Solas Media. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been influenced by Johnny. We're just having fun.